Nowadays, everybody wants to play overseas. Once you're global, that's a different type of income that you could get, a different type of fan base that you could get. It's a grind. You know, this is a different grind. I'm just going to say it like this. You have to pretty much try to figure out how to stay sane. I'm not content, and I'll never be content. You're away from your family. You don't know the language. And the biggest thing, I think, is just like that loneliness, man. Like Basketball, the only thing you got. You don't ever see what happens behind the scenes. With certain people, you don't make the most of your situation. It's just about opportunity for me. I'm getting it now. I'm showing all the DMs. I'm teams that, that I'm pretty legit. Sometimes you don't even get paid. What are you going to do about it? And in reality, like it is a business. So these teams are going to do what is best for them. You got to live and breathe basketball. I quickly noticed that dudes were dropping like flies. If you don't do your job, you're getting sent home. It's a long flight for most of these guys. They're not afraid to cut you. And that's just where you kind of got to realize as a player, if you're not working, if you're not doing what you know how to do and just taking it day by day, then like you're going to get sent home. Everybody's journey is different. That's what the JBA was, was about. It was about you taking advantage of every opportunity you could, and they're going to give the platform to us. If you, if you do what you do, then you can make the best out of it. Got one over there. You might be in negative 10 degree weather, but you still got to show up every day and hoop. I feel like it's been romanticized playing overseas. Like, this thing is, like, they're going to just be at your beckoning call foot in hand. I plan to do really well, which will happen for me just because of my mentality. It's the only way I know. Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Hidden gems will bless your ears, baby. I listen to hidden gems every night before I go to bed. I listen to hidden gems in the kitchen. Hidden gems. What's up? Today we're here with Rob Morris and Curtis Hollis. Kurt's currently in Germany, and Rob is out in California in Los Angeles here today. What's up, fellas? What's up, guys? What's going on, y'all? Now, Kurt, why don't you tell us where you are exactly? Uh, I'm in uh, Bad Honor, Germany. It's uh, right next to Bonn, Germany, and Cologne. Cologne is one of the bigger cities uh, out here in Germany. So uh, I'm about like a 30-minute drive from, from uh, Cologne and like about 15 minutes from Bonn. I'm out here playing with uh, basically like the G League team of the Telecom Basketball Bonn. And they're in the uh, BBL, the top German league. And they're also in the Basketball Champions League, so that's one of the top uh, leagues in Europe. So uh, I'm out here playing with the G League team basically right now with the chance of getting called up. Uh, just doing my thing, trying to, uh, before I come back into the draft next year. That's dope. What about you, Rob? Um, I'm out here in L.A. Um, doing some couple of productions and just trying to build the brand. Uh, recently just picked up a, a lead role in this pilot I'm doing out here in um, L.A. So I've been working on that. Building 5X ENT with athletes and um, just a lot of other film productions like that. So, you know, just trying to get the brand started up and just keep everything moving forward. That's awesome. And with 5X ENT, it's kind of an all-encompassing brand, but you also have some basketball stuff going on in there as well. Yeah, of course. Um, You know, it's an all-encompassing brand. You know, um, I'm recently just made it into like a, a free agency so I can represent athletes as well because with just not 5X ENT, it's just, you know, I wanted to be kind of like all well-rounded from film and to music and just kind of not be biased just to one thing. So with the basketball, you know, I try to do it with Kurt. You know, he's kind of like my experiment, you know, my guinea pig in the project because, you know, me and him been cool for a long time and so to see him be where he's at is really good and bring other different athletes from football and you know um it's, it's going pretty good right now and you have, you and kurt have been friends for a while now dating back to high school and even before that and stuff we'll get into that connection and then what kurt's doing overseas and we'll talk to some other guys 
about their playing career and experience overseas, getting into that just like Kurt. But before we get into that, let's talk about your basketball experience out in Cowley and how you've been hooping out there a little bit. Yeah, man, I um, <laughs> you know, I do a lot for multimedia with, with film and everything like that. But you know, also I always stay, always play basketball. You never know, especially I hear so much opportunity. You got to stay ready. So I always hooping these leagues. You know, out here in Southern California. You know, whether it be you know Drew League or some of these rec leagues, these popular JBL leagues or anything like that, just staying connected because you never know when it's, you know it's going to be your time. But even so, with, for the role that I have right now, one of these movies for basketball player, and so I'm required to do some athletic abilities and just other things and such like that. So staying right. ready. And you've you know. been hooping with B Dot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. B Dot's actually one of my good bros. Um, I actually met him when I. When I first came to LA, and ever since I met him, he's like he showed nothing but love. You know, we've we've made a couple of videos together, hooped together, you know, stuff like that, a couple of highlight tapes together. So he's a real, real cool dude. That's dope. And with this Drew League stuff, you know, Kurt played in the Drew League as well, and we had Austin Mills on before. He played for Baxter's Legacy, and I think Kurt, you did too, right? Yeah, yeah, I played with uh, I played with Baxter's for most of, most of the Drew League season and most of the summer. It was a pretty dope experience for me because uh, it was always it's always been a dream of mine. To play in the Drew League, I've always seen how big it was. I didn't really get the chance to last year, and I really wanted to. So this year, after uh, playing really good in the JBA and stuff, you know, I had more of an opportunity and more of a, a bigger bigger role to play in the Drew. So, uh, yeah, I played with Austin. He came on a little bit late. Played really good. We played on really, really good together. He can really shoot it, you know, facilitate, get guys uh, involved. And he's a dope person, too. So it, it was real cool, and it was a great experience for me, like, I went off pretty good in the Drew League every game, so I got the best out of it. That's awesome. So from here on out, we're going to kind of dive into your experience and, you know, from high school, North Texas, JBA, now you're in Germany, and now you're trying to yeah. get to that pre-draft, and Rob's kind of been there along the way. Why don't you take us through your journey kind of starting from DTX? My journey's kind of wild. Uh, I went to uh, Mansfield Summit in Texas, yeah, so uh, I played uh, I played freshman. Uh, I was pretty good. Then I transferred because when I was a sophomore is when uh, prime prep open with uh, Emmanuel Moutier and you know all those guys so I, I transferred over there and got to go through the experience with them at real young you know so I kind of got through into the fire like real young there was a uh, Emmanuel Moutier, Kavar Shepard, Terrence Ferguson you know uh, all these really high, high talented players and I was just such a young such a young kid so I got to experience that and I think that was really good for my development. Then I transferred back to Summit, finished my sophomore year. I played with varsity. And then uh, my junior year is when I kind of, like, picked up for me. I, I started on varsity my junior year at Summit. And then I, that summer, I transitioned and played in the Nike UIBL. Uh, the year before, I played in UIBL, too. That was when I played with uh, Trey Young. Next year, I played with, uh, like, Marquise Bowden. He went to Duke. Jalen Hare, he went He went high major. Uh, Andrew Jones, he's at the University of Texas. So I played with a bunch of high, high major guys that year. Uh, I went to a bunch of high major, uh, like big time camps, like Pangos All American, uh, NBA Top 100, all the the big names, De'Aaron Foxes of the world, you know, all the all the top players. So right, that yeah. was really good. That was really good for my development as well because uh, I just got to you know had that experience playing against the best. Then uh, my senior year, I started at Summit and then I transferred to API. So API is basically prime prep after after prime prep because prime prep got shut down so they turned it into api right so i was there with some more studied guys like trayvon duvall billy preston terrence ferguson again mark vital it's a good squad you know, yeah, yeah yeah, we were squatted we won a state championship that year and then uh go junior college so i went to um to hutchinson community college in kansas, kansas yeah. yeah one of the one of the top 
JUCOs uh, in the country. They had just won a national championship the year before I got there. After that, it, it didn't go how, how I planned it because they kind of just threw me to the back because I was a freshman. And, you know, junior college, you got to go two years. They kind of just told me, you know, uh, just play a role, you know, wait till the next year. Right. And that's not what they recruited me. That's not what they recruited me for. And they didn't tell me that, you know, I could have went to any junior college in the country. Yeah, so that kind of, you know, threw me off gear. And I had the opportunity to play in JBA. Uh, I talked to LeVar and Allen and all those guys, and they really, really wanted me and really provided me with the platform where I saw the uh, opportunity. So I took that. I did really good in the season, obviously. And then we went to Europe. We played, We went to about 25 different countries, so that was a really dope experience for me. I got the, the platform of playing against a front, in front of a lot of GMs. And I got picked up by a team, uh, B-Rose Bamberg. We played their, their second team. So B-Rose Bamberg is, is probably one of the top three teams in Germany, period. And I got picked up by the GM that was there. Now I'm here in uh, Germany. And uh, the GM's really, really high really high level. We played uh, all, th- all through the EuroLeague, German national team. Uh, he had a guy, he has a guy on, on a two-way contract right now with the, the Houston Rockets. Yeah, that was with B-Rose Bamberg last year. So, uh, you know, I'm just he just gave me the opportunity to come in and, you know, play my game and just show all the scouts what I could do. And it's been going good so far. I've been uh, putting up pretty good numbers, really big numbers. So the season starts uh, on Saturday. That's exciting. So I just plan on uh, yeah, I just plan on having a really big season and then just coming back and getting ready for the draft. Yeah, so going from there. So one of the things that we our goal of this podcast with overseas guys and what y'all are going through is to kind of unmask, show people the reality of the situation, and we're gonna dive into a day in the life of you right now overseas. But first, let's take it back a little bit and unmask kind of the JBA thing because people have like a certain attitude and mindset towards the JBA, Lavar, Lamelo, all of this that's going on. Why don't you kind of walk us through what that dynamic was like and. Uh, the special experience that it was and how helpful it was for you. For sure. Yeah, like you said, um, a lot of people kind of hated on the JBA and what it was about and all that because they don't really know. But it was actually a really great experience for me. LeVar is really hands-on for me. He knows his basketball. He knows what's right and what's wrong. Obviously, he's about to have two uh, two sons, top ten picks. So, obviously, you know what he's doing. You know, he kind of just broke it down to me and put it, put it into perspective and kind of was just like, you know, I had an opportunity. It, it was dope. We went we went to through twenty five different countries. You know, got I got paid every check, every salary. Right. It was legit. You know, yeah, yeah, it was hundred percent legit. I got a bunch of gear from the big baller brand. I got to represent. I got to make a name for myself. Uh, I got a fan base in Europe. I got a fan base in the States all because of what I did. So basically it was just a huge platform for me. And he, that's what that's that's what the JBA was was about. It was about you taking advantage of every opportunity you could and they're going to give the platform to us and if you if you do what you do then you can make the best out of it right so it was it's been it was it was fantastic for me i have no complaints about you definitely it. Uh, took advantage of the opportunity that you were given and there's some guys that go to the jba and they they're like this is stupid it didn't work out for me well that's on you because clearly it can work for some guys and rob was there the whole time you know doing some media stuff rob why don't you tell us a little bit about that uh yeah it was crazy because um you know obviously I wouldn't have got the opportunity without Kurt. So, um, you know, just by having him, you know, kind of like plug me and just like give me the experience to even do that was pretty dope. You know, from the time I was there, I've actually I've met some good friends through Kurt, you know, through the whole JBA that I'm real, real cool with now um, through the whole JBA. And, I, and that's all this is what it's all about, really, you know what I'm saying, networking and just, you know, meeting um, different folk, especially from all around the country and in, in that case, all around the world. So, you know, to follow Kurt is because, you know, 
everybody was following Melo and, you know, Jello, you know, which is cool. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, they're the face of the really great people. But, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like one of those things where we always wanted to kind of like give like another outlook from, you know, outside the big baller brand. So it was like it's always other players that, that was in that league that were really, really good that deserve recognition. Right. So who Global was one of those was one of those um, those outlooks to where, you know, we could actually focus on someone else other than the ball bros because we already know that they're really, really great. Right. So we just kind of wanted to show that hey, there's other players that Another are you know, avenue. good too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And with Whoa. Curtis, Curtis, you know, started really taking off once he went overseas, and then you know he started really, really, you know, getting a name for himself over there. So it was really, really good on that. So he was able to branch off and you know create his own, you know, and do and do his thing from there. I think I think I think another thing is like it, it's super dope that I got a global fan base, and I don't think I realize it still to this day because. Having a global fan base is like kind of on a, a completely different level than most players because once you're global, is that's a different type of income that you could get, a different type of fan base that you could get than just being in the states. You know what I'm saying? So I think that was that that was that's something that's super dope to me as of now, and it's still building every day because obviously I'm still over here in Germany. Right. It, it's been it's been cool. cool. I, I get a bunch of messages from people all over the country, like all types of different places. So. I'm just trying to keep going and just keep building it up. That's dope. Everybody. Yeah, you gotta keep pushing. What's a what's a day like, Kurt, over there in Germany? Take us through what would be your daily routine. Okay, so so my daily routine is it switches up sometimes, but it's pretty it's pretty normal. I got my own personal athletic trainer. You know, they're trying to build build up some weight and some other little things for me. So what I do is I wake up in the morning. We either got weights or athletics at 11 or 10 in the morning. For about an hour and a half. Then after that, I go eat at the lunch. So there's a school out here where they develop young guys and, and do it like that. So they give they give us free meals. So I go eat after that. So that's about twelve thirty, twelve thirty to one. Then uh, we either practice at like four, or we practice later in the night. So I just chill for a little bit and then I go practice. Right, you just got out of practice before we started this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, I just got out of practice, bro. So uh, you know, I, I shoot after practice. I go before practice because uh, one of my one of uh, our coaches is one of, one of our personal trainers that that does a lot of one on one stuff with me. So I go early and I end late, and then that's basically the day. Honestly, <laughs> by the time I'm done with practice, it's about ten, eleven o'clock at night. So it goes by pretty fast over here. So it just repeats. People like see the end product that's one of the things that we talk about a lot on hidden gems is people see the end product but they don't see the journey they don't see the hard parts and i know people think oh i want to go overseas like maybe i won't make it to the nba but overseas is what i want to do like yeah. that's it's overseas or or bust but when yeah. they get there like it's a struggle like people don't realize For like sure. there's a language barrier the food's weird the weather sucks like you're going through a yeah. lot and you're not with the people that you are usually with and have that backbone around you so yeah. can you tell us a little bit about the struggles of overseas life like i said i, I was with the jb so i got a little bit Ahead of, of most players, because I got to experience it and understand it a little bit before I came out here for a full season. But it's, it's definitely a, a change, you know what I'm saying? The food, like you said, is completely different. You know, they don't have ranch. Like, I like ranch. I love ranch. <laughs> they don't got ranch, you know what I'm saying? They don't got the normal pickles, you know what I'm saying? They don't got hot sauce. A lot of stuff they don't have. Yeah, you need that ranch, you know what I'm saying? So you got to be open <laughs> to a lot of new things, yeah, you know what I'm quiet. saying? You got you to try things and... Luckily for me, I got teammates that, that helped me out a lot, but I'm out here by myself. Are there uh, no more Americans out there with you? No, nah, I'm the only American with my team. Uh, everybody else is German. so Do they, they speak, speak English German, or just German? Not, 
See, the good thing about Germany is that they, they actually speak pretty good English because they get it. They were taught it at a young age. So most most people out here speak pretty good English. But, you know, they're 100% German fluent. I'm actually in a German class. I go to German class once a week, so I'm trying to learn German. Yeah, that's <laughs> always really helpful, I've heard. Like, if you can, even in China with these big guys, if they can learn Chinese or something, it doubles, like, their fame. Like, they're able to communicate with the media and everything. And I know, like, some of these new guys that, have to start out in like Turkoslovakiavania and stuff, and they don't know anybody or anything, and can't talk to anybody. Yeah. Like it just ruins mm-hmm. it for them. So I'm sure yeah, being able tough. to speak to people helps you. For sure, bro. It definitely helps me a lot, bro. Because if I if I didn't if I couldn't speak, bro, it'd be really tough. Tough. Like the roads are really different out here. So they gave me they gave me a car, but it's smaller. Certain speed limits you can't go. Certain lanes you can't be in. That's pretty tough. Uh, Has it been challenging the on the court for you to communicate or, like, just to pick up? I know there's a learning curve getting to a pro level anyway, but. Yeah, for sure, bro. On the court, you know, it, it, it's a lot of different stuff because, you know, we're playing FIBA rules, so it's a lot of different adjusting I got to do. Like, I'm getting used to the rules. Like, you can't call timeouts in certain situations. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, the different, the, the goaltending rule, you can hit it off the backboard certain situations. So it, it's definitely been um, been a little bit of a struggle, but. Luckily for me, I pick up on stuff pretty easy, and you know the coaches have been pretty hands on with me and helping me out with that. So I haven't struggled too much. I've been I've been doing pretty well. What's one thing you would say being over there that you like, man? It sucks. Like honestly, I I probably say just just being by myself. Like yeah, right. I, honestly, like I, you know, I get to kick on my teammates sometimes. But yeah, like I've been here about two months, but it really hasn't hit me fully. But honestly, obviously, I miss my parents. Obviously, I miss just the American style, you know, just being around my people. Obviously, the females, you know, what I'm saying I'm a female guy. I'm, you know, <laughs> the ladies, the ladies love me, so you know I can't, I can't chop it up with my with my people. There's no German you know, females out there. I mean, yeah, they you love. You don't have Americans game in Germany. Here, but, you know, I be trying to stay out the way. You feel me? <laughs> I right. be trying to stay out the way. Just be trying to chill so it can go by as fast as possible. But right, just immersing yourself thing, in basketball. A lot of guys go over and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go, you know, see the world." Like you're playing basketball. Like we ain't got time for females, bro. We out here taking care of business, dog. If the females gonna come, let's talk about future plans and where both of y'all want to go. You both have separate avenues that you're chasing, but I mean they're interconnected in different ways. So, Rob, why don't you start it off and just tell us like where your future's headed? Well, uh, man, I have a lot, but I guess it would be my, my main goal, uh, just, you know, to have a multi-million dollar production company so where I can just be able to um, shoot movies and, you know, just do different stuff from documentaries, um, you know, day in the life. I kind of want to be able to, like, just be able to follow different type of high-profile people in their, their element, whether, like I said, that be music, whether that be, you know, an actor or be an athlete. Pre-draft, you know, Kurt Hollis. Entertainment. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like everything that's included within within like film bro like anything you know what i'm saying it's kind of like that that day in the life raw footage just how everyday life is supposed to go you know everything happens you don't ever see what happens behind the scenes with certain people you know and i just want to kind of be like you right. know i want to be able to show and display that we're real people you know what i'm saying like no matter how high authenticity we get or how low we, yeah yeah for sure you know just be, even by rocking with kurt you know what i'm saying like you, you get around big time people you got to carry yourself a certain way i just just being able just to you know be be humble in what you do and just be able to work you know everything is going to come and connect yourself that's facts when you surround yourself with success not only does it just naturally happen but you see the work ethic and what it takes to get there Success no, breeds definitely. success. Definitely. Nugget of wisdom from Keenan. Success breeds success. Kurt, why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about your plans? 
Yeah, my 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 future aspirations are pretty clear to most people that know me. I'm trying to obviously play in the NBA, play at the highest level possible. Obviously, uh, since I'm in Europe right now, and uh, I've been doing actually really well, and I, I plan to do really well, which will happen for me just because of my mentality, and because right. that's the only way I, only way I know I'll be able to play at the highest level in Europe next year, whether it's the Euro League or the BBL or. You know, Italy or wherever I want to really play at the highest level. But my biggest dream is and my biggest thing is to play in the NBA and play for a winning team and, you know, try to come in and win. And I'm a young guy, turned 21 in April. It's just about opportunity for me. And uh, I feel like I'm, since I'm getting it now, I'm showing all the GMs and all the teams that, that I'm pretty legit. So right. it's just Proving I'm not really yourself. a guy that's really... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't really care about all the money and all that stuff. I know it's pretty crazy nowadays in the NBA, but I'm I'm a guy that loves the game and you know loves to play and loves to get better. So my biggest thing is just I just want to be the best me I can be and be the best I can get and playing at the NBA level and right. playing at that level against the best players. You know, obviously I can continue to get better as I continue to get older and, and learn more. But so yeah, I'm, I, I definitely have developed a lot. For most people that know me and know know where I started, where I'm at right now is pretty pretty impressive yeah. for a lot of people. It's and I get a lot of yeah, I get a lot of love from it. But I'm not content, and I'll never be content. And I still feel like I can get way better, and I haven't reached my my full potential. So I'm just gonna continue to get better and continue to work. For sure. What's what's one thing that you really want to work on before you? For your game, that I wanna, I wanna be sharp. I think I should. I think I want to build like my jumper, being a little bit more consistent. You know, I'm second, knock it down at, at a pretty, pretty nice rate. But I want to be able to consistently shoot it at a high level. And uh, being at a, and at a high level like that, if, if you can't defend and keep your guy in front of you, you know, you don't play. So that's that's another really big thing. Just just continue to be solid on defense. Nice. All right. Well, we're gonna take you guys through a speed round. Quiet. I mean, this, these are these are fast responses off the top of the dome right away. Y'all ready? All right, good. we're ready. We're ready. Favorite player in the league? Mine's Kawhi Leonard. Russell Westbrook. Solid. Who would you say you model your game after? Oh, I got to go with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Jason Tatum. When I'm at the park, Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Favorite food? Chicken tender. Yeah, I got to go with chicken too. Do you and have that a ranch is OD. Facts, you got to have a ranch. Big ranch guy. Uh, celebrity crush. Zendaya. Woo! <laughs> Mine got to be, I got a couple, bro. I got I got to go with uh, Kelsey Plum. Uh, Kehlani has been one of my one of my tops right now. And my last one got to go with Kendall Jenner, bro. No, Man, no, you love Kendall Jenner. That's crazy. No German crushes? Nah, bro. Nah, nah. Bro. We don't do I'm German girls no more. We don't do that. I'm definitely nah, We don't. Nah, we don't do German girls, bro. It's quiet. Favorite city? Uh, I gotta go L.A. L.A. For Nothing sure. Like L.A. I'm the face of the West Coast. Last but not least, what's the best podcast on the planet? Hidden gems. Hidden gems, baby. Hidden gems, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Appreciate y'all, Rob Morris, Kurt Hollis. Looking forward to talking to y'all soon. We'll keep y'all updated on Kurt's journey to the league and Rob's journey to the top of production film. Also joining the Hidden Gems podcast this episode is Trey Moses, who is currently playing overseas in Bulgaria. Trey was an all-conference player at Ball State. Trey, why don't you give us a little background about how you ended up in Bulgaria and kind of uh, just kind of a brief background about your playing career and your life leading into your overseas career? Yeah, so I mean, I grew up playing football, basketball, going into high school, I kind of was like, I don't really want to play football anymore. You know, I would say like football is probably like my favorite sport. Like I love to watch football, love to play football. But right. 
you know, I just hate, you know, the different temperatures. <laughs> like it's either extremely hot or extremely cold sometimes. And that's not yeah. something I wanted to deal with. Right. So going into high school, I told my dad that, you know, I just want to focus on basketball. Right. And you're a big and guy. You're, what are you, six? Yeah, six, six, nine, six, ten, like 240, 250. But yeah, so he was just like, uh, if that's what you want to do, you know, we're going to put our all into it. Uh, we're not going to just sit back and, you know, waste time. And so right. it's kind of wild because my freshman year, I actually broke my leg. So I broke, I fractured my femur along my growth plate, and I was six three at the time. You know, the the doctors were like, "You're probably not going to grow anymore." So you know, I was devastated, and you know, grew six inches from then until my, you know, freshman year of college. Obviously, like I went to Ball State. I had eleven other offers. You know, I had a couple other schools I was really interested in, but I was, uh, I wanted to be, I wanted to get into special education. And so that's what, you know, Ball State has a great education program. But mm-hmm. I ended up switching majors along the way uh, after my freshman year to child development. You know, I still love it, what I'm going to do after basketball. Right. You know, this was a summer that was just, just super anxious. I finished my senior year, and I didn't know what to expect as far as, you know, offers and whatnot, how that will go. And, you know, I signed an agent, you know, a couple weeks after. He was, he's like family to me. And it was one of those things that, you know, I had to, like, put trust into somebody that, you know, I'd never really met before. Right, you weren't even comfortable with at the time. Yeah. You know, I signed with them, and he just, you know, he kept telling me, man, like, just mid-July, like, we're going to have something. Like, that's when guys typically sign. And I just remember I was driving home with – I remember driving home and car, he calls me, and he's on the phone with my mom and dad, too. And he was like, we got offered a two-year deal in Bulgaria, and my mouth just dropped because I know a lot of guys, <laughs> uh, as rookies, don't get two-year deals. Right. And so I'm super blessed for that. And then, you know, I it's it's been tough so far. It, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into it, but it's one of those things that if I'm able to stick with this throughout this whole year and, you know, and, and make it through, then, you know, I, I should be able to get somewhere where, like, I truly want to be. And, you know, that's making, you know, more money in a great country. Not that Bulgaria is not a great country, but. Right. Yeah. Right. And right. So, a higher level. It's to just get higher and higher each year and just play until i can't play anymore right now what were your goals kind of going into ball state and as you progress through your year seeing like hey i can do this i can go overseas and make good money man it was crazy because going into freshman year i was uh 266 pounds and 25 percent body fat big fella yeah big fella you know i was pretty much expected to redshirt like in my head i'm like i don't want to be in school for five years <laughs> you know i don't want to do that you know i worked I worked my ass off and started my first two games as a freshman, like our first two games of the season. I started nine games as a freshman, averaged 20 minutes a game. So I wouldn't say I necessarily really had goals going into my freshman year right? because I didn't really truly know what to expect. How challenging was it just to like keep your head down and keep grinding? I mean, through college and even this summer, not having any idea what's ahead. Man, it's tough. You know, overseas is a lot tougher. It's, uh, you know, I, I've been talking to a lot of my teammates who play at Ball State still, and it's, I tell them all the time, like, you know, this is a different grind, and it's not, you know, it, it was tough, like, conditioning, you know, conditioning's always going to be hard. You know, we ran on the track, and that's not something we really did at Ball State, you know, so that's always going to be, you know, different, but right. the, the real grind is just, like, the mental aspect, like, I'm going two-a-days, all basketball, like, it's, it, you have to try to figure out how to 
I'm just going to say it like this. You have to pretty much try to figure out how to stay sane. Right. Um, I mean, you're away you from family. You're away from friends. Everything that's familiar yeah. to you is stripped away, and you got to figure out how to deal with it. And, I mean, most of these people even are still doing this as young men, young adults, even kids. Yeah, and, I mean, you know my struggles as far as, you know, mental health and whatnot. But right. it's one of those things that's it's like I'm seven hours ahead of, you know, all my friends and family. Right. Uh, so just trying to figure out, like, I mean, I've got it for the most part, but just figuring out different times to truly talk to people and whether it's me staying up later to talk to friends or them, you know, waking up earlier. Because, like, we we practice at pretty much anywhere between 9 to 12, and then, you know, we'll get out a couple hours off and then again at 5.30. That's a, five, that's a yeah, five, serious schedule. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's pretty much every day. But, you know, it's getting easier and easier, man. Like, when I when I first got here... You know, I was terrified of the track. Like, I did not want to. I was, I was hoping, like, in my head, I'm like, I hope we don't run on the track because, like, I do not know how it's going to go. <laughs> you know, we ran a mile and a half two, three days after I got here. And I was like, bro, I haven't ran a mile since, like, my sophomore year in college. And I got an under six minute mile then. But, I, like, I feel like I'm an older, <laughs> my body's older than I actually am. Right. Like, it's crazy how like old I truly feel sometimes. But so you know, I I do I, I do the mile and a half. And I, I struggled with the mile and a half. Like I struggled with it, and you know they weren't happy with me. You know we had some other aspects going into it too, with you know my knee and stuff, and it, it was it was tough. And you know I've I've already overcome it. We then have you know four more conditioning days on the track, four or five more. Man, and I just killed them. I felt so relieved after our first or after our last one because I was like, you know what, I did something. I, re- I thought I couldn't do. I yeah. thought after the first time I was really just gonna I was gonna fold. I just didn't know that I could you know actually do it. Talking about I mean, your knees, you know, like that's got to be very important over there to find a team that kind of cares for you and your physical health because some of these people just treat you as like an asset and just like work, 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 work. How has that been for yeah, you from a perspective of them taking care of you? Man, it, physically? it was tough because you know I. I had gotten a cortisone shot right before I came. Not right before, but like two-ish weeks before I came. Still soon. And yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm feeling great. Like I feel amazing. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong. I'm going through workouts. I'm. This is something that like not a lot of people know. But for like two to three months after the year, like I couldn't dunk. Like I was struggling to like with explosion. I was struggling to like truly do much of anything right so i was in you know like rehab all or like physical therapy all summer and so like after i got that shot i was like you know what like i feel so good and then i get there and you know they do all these tests and you know they're trying to you know figure out whether you know you're truly good or not you know they weren't really happy with they didn't know i had knee surgery before right uh my senior year so they weren't happy with that and you know there were some things that happened after that because you know they just simply didn't know and you know it's it's i'm taking a chance and it's a business too yeah it's all and so and that's the thing about it is just for me realizing it's a business but also like trying to do what's best for me too um you know there was moments shoot within the last two weeks where i've been like i don't know that i want this man like so tough and i have a great agent who supports me more than just basketball right that's really important yeah he's talking to me like if you're not happy let's just come home like we can find you another job or you can, you know, go do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, I don't want to give up. Cause like, I want, that's just who I am as a person. Yeah. 
But so I'm just trying to stick with it the best way I know how. As far as like health goes, I get treatment from like the team doctor. But it's it's just so crazy because at Ball State, like I have everything. Like, exactly. That's what a lot of people don't getting, realize. Like they want to jump overseas. Like that's their main goal. But the colleges that most guys are at are a much better situation than they'll find overseas unless you're making it to the top and that's a very slim percentage yeah like i was in the training room every day not because i was hurt but because i was just like i was a, i'm a pro act i know you know what my body needs i know how to recover after games i know what to do and what it takes for me to be at my best we're struggling to get ice here like <laughs> There was times, there was a practice where, like, I, other, everyone else got ice and, like, I didn't get any ice. That's got to be That's tough. That's the struggle. Yeah, it is, man. And so, you know, whether it's staying on top of meds and making sure, like, I'm taking meds at the appropriate times and just doing whatever it takes, you know, like, the other day we had an off day and you know i literally just stayed in my stayed in my like apartment right it seems just, like with everything know. like you are your accountability because when you're at ball state and when everybody's at their college programs they have people staying on top of them academically in the training room on the court but then you get over there like you're a grown man and they expect you to take care of yourself yeah for sure and you know that's the thing that you know my mental health story but like i got back on my meds this summer and i gained weight and you know i get here and they're not happy with that. They're not happy with my weight gain. They're not happy with the fact, you know, this is like a tough country. Like not that mental health is, is weak in my opinion, but this is just a tough country. Right. And, you know, they're not happy with, you know, me being on, you know, depression meds. And yeah. so like it, it, it's been, you know, it was, it's been a struggle for me. But, I was going to you know, ask, can you dive a little deeper into mental health as, you know, an overseas basketball player? Man, it's been, you know, it's been, been a battle for sure. A lot of people don't realize before they get over here. Yeah, so it, I had the luxury of like, you know, after my teammate had committed suicide in college, yeah, you know, was with a counselor for literally a week after that all the way until July of this past summer. So that's, you know, almost two years. And it was one of those things where like when I said my final goodbye to her, she was like, you know, you're one of my favorite clients I've ever had. And I've never said that before. Mm -hmm. And so like we got so close in those in those two years. And so for me going to counseling once a week to now me being here and not having that, it's been, you know, it's been a struggle. Uh, so really, it's just like not that like people, you know, shouldn't lean on themselves, but I've really like leaned on myself more now right. more than ever. You have to. Uh, and so it's just me trusting myself and figuring out different ways to cope in healthy ways. And whether it's, you know, calling my friends or you know doing whatever, just making sure like I don't let myself, you know, get to that point. And if I do, then I need to like like truly communicate because there was a time where like i had i was up like late 4 a.m or something like that my time and i had like a really bad anxiety attack and i was just like struggling and do you like, stay I, with I, other americans or you're yeah so we're like all on the same floor like we share kitchen area and then we share a washer but we all have like our own like like for me like i've it's kind of hard to explain but i have like like a bed and then like eight feet away i have like my living room area yeah. So, I mean, it's decent. It's not bad, but like there's five of us. So, you know, it's tough, you know, five grown men sharing one washer right. and we don't have a dryer because they all believe in like drying racks. And that's another uh, instance, just a little thing that people don't realize before they get somewhere with the culture. It's just different and you're not ready for it, but then you got to adjust. Yeah, it's uh, de it was definitely an adjustment. You know, I'm starting to like it more and more each day and 
just taking it day by day and just trusting in God's plan because that's been, you know, another thing is just really turning to God for everything. Right, and you can uh, use the overseas opportunity as a platform too, so that's, I'm sure that's really important to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So take us through the real authentic struggle of being an overseas basketball player because a lot of people in the States that has aspirations to want to go pro, to want to go overseas because they're not NBA ready or whatever the case may be, believe that, yeah, if this doesn't work out, then I'm just going to go overseas. Well, if I don't make it to the league, well, I'll just go overseas. Well, when I get done playing, I'll just go overseas as if it's a given and people that don't make it to the league is just an automatic overseas bid type of thing. Tell us what the, the real struggle the real grind and the process of being an overseas basketball player and being effective. So I would say, like, I'm telling you, as soon as we got here, three of us, I got here at the same time. Okay. We get here super late, go to dinner, wake up the next morning. It's they're having you on the treadmill running to check your heart, check everything. They're letting you know early, like they're checking body fat, they're checking weight. The next day we're drug tested. Like it is a serious business, first of all. And right. a lot of people have this mindset that, like, I'm obviously gonna go they live know the it. life. Yeah. Yeah. They, that they're going to live the life. But in reality, like, it is a business. So these teams are going to do what is best for them, whether you're the best player or not. Like, I've seen dudes who are, you know, great. Like, there's dudes that I know that are great players that still aren't signed. And it's just like, because these coaches go ask, like, what type of dude you are off the court, what type of player you are, what type of teammate. Like, these coaches care about that and so it, it, it started early and then like i said like day three we're running a mile and a half yeah day four we started practice it's a business but at the same time like yeah like if you're not going to a, a an organization that's like reliable that you know that you've heard about they like some of these teams can really screw you over yeah and it's you know it, and the biggest thing I think is just like that loneliness, man. Like you're, mm -hmm. I'm waking up at 10 a.m. or whatever time I'm waking up, and nobody's you know, awake. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's awake but my teammates. And not that's not a bad thing, but it's like sometimes like I want to talk to other people. Right. But like then when I'm going to five o'clock practice, and it's 10 o'clock back home, and so like even then, like some people still aren't awake. Like if my like my girl, she doesn't have class till. Two, like she's not gonna wake up at ten o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Again, the it, little it, things people don't think about that just it's a mental grind as much as it is physical. I would really say like what they say, like ninety percent mental, ten percent physical. Like you're able to get through, especially if you come in like Peak I was shape, told to yeah. come in decent come in decent shape and I you know, I thought it was apparently it wasn't but <laughs> Uh, but if you come in better shape than I did, like you're going to be better off, but I'm thankful we don't have to get up hella early. Like the earliest I think we've had anything is, you know, nine fifteen or something, but right. And every organization is like, different. Yeah. It's just that like mental, that loneliness factor. Like I've, I haven't played well. We've played five friendly games and, you know, I've really, I would say like I've had one good decent game and you know that factors into it because you're like what it like they can they these teams can send you home at any point like any they can point. cut you yeah these teams are trying to you know make it to the top two like they're trying to be the best teams and so they, they'll they're not afraid to cut you and that's just where you kind of got to realize as a player and you don't want to think about it because like that was my issue is just like damn like what if they send me home like i think they're gonna send me home or I'm not playing well. You got to like not think about that. But at the same time, it's just like you have to realize if you're not working, if you're not, 
you know, doing what you know how to do and just taking it day by day, then like you're going to get sent home as a pro. Like, yeah. It's, it's going to suck when you do. And, but at the same time, you don't want to look at it as like failure. You know, early on, my GM was wanting to send me home because of, you know, weight in my knee. And my coach was just like, no, like I want to keep him. Right. And uh, you look at me now and I'm like, you know, a guy that has not that I've produced great in games, but I've produced in practice. I'm, you know, getting better every every day. I'm hoping, you know, I'll have my breakthrough moment. And if, it, if I don't like it happens, a lot of rookies struggle. Right. And it's one of those things where you have to just take it with a grain of salt and come back ready for year two. Absolutely. Before we get you out of here, we're just going to go through a quick speed round so we can get to know you better. So I'll start it off. Who's your favorite player in the league? Uh, Nikola Jokic. Who would you say you model your game after? <laughs> Jokic. What are your future goals as an overseas player? Man, just I know this is supposed to be speed, but that's the thing that's crazy is money isn't something that I'm striving for. Right. Like basketball isn't my greatest passion. You know, like I want to be a preschool teacher one day. Like that's what I want. And so just whatever puts me in the best position to one day get to like my goal outside of basketball, I would say. Right. That's cool. Celebrity crush. Celebrity oh Zendaya for sure. <laughs> Favorite food? Uh pizza. Zendaya's been really popular on the podcast. <laughs> Bet peeve. Pet peeve. I hate like loud, obnoxious people who are like just loud and obnoxious, like for no reason, and like don't know like when like where that line needs to be drawn. What's the best new podcast out there right now? <laughs> oh man, I I know I'm gonna say Hidden Gems because you guys are my boys Whew. too, but. My cousins actually do a podcast, Ooh. too. Shout them out. Shout and, them out. Uh, there's a special teams podcast. They're down in Florida, though. So Special teams uh, podcast. Check it out. Special teams podcast. Yeah. They're on um, SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram. So Chill, chill. You don't need to promote. Chill, yeah, don't don't over-promote on Hidden Gems. <laughs> we're, we're competitive. Nah. All right. Well, appreciate you coming on, bro. It was a pleasure. It was Thank great you. to hear your insight. Yeah, man. I appreciate you. It was good to like, talk about everything, man. Yeah, appreciate for sure. You, Last but not least, we're joined by the Abilene and Harden-Simmons legend, Jalen Terry. Jalen was an all-conference and all-tournament team player here at Harden-Simmons and recently spent time in Mexico playing in Sinaloa. Jalen, we're happy to have you on the pod. J-Lo, what's up, my man? I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. Well, we'll start from the top like we have with our other guests on here. We'll just start with your journey from college and then work our way to your time in Mexico. Yeah, um, so I started my college career uh, originally committing to UNC Asheville, but after some things happened, I decommitted and then went took the D2 route, started at Fort Lewis College in uh, Colorado. Um, I was there for a few years, redshirted a year, um, had shoulder surgery, went, uh, transferred to Humboldt State University in California, had a quick trip there, was there for one year, my junior year, and then made my way back to the great state of Texas and played my senior year at Hardin-Simmons University with you. Yes, you did. <laughs> Yeah, so why don't you tell everybody about your time at Harden-Simmons and how you kind of transitioned into this pro career and that came to a realization as you were finishing your college career saying, oh, okay, I can I can maybe do this. Yeah, I've always had like a drive and passion to play at the highest level I possibly could. But with everything regarding my injury, 
schools were not necessarily looking to. What was your injury? Uh, shoulder injury, torn labrum, chip tumorous, the whole shebang. I was originally planning actually on going to ACU in Abilene, but I would have had to sit out another year, and I'm already a pretty old man, so <laughs> I wanted to just you know play and then take my uh, opportunity or chance at playing overseas. So decided to come to Harden Simmons. Didn't really know anything much about the program. Um, but as soon as I got here, it was definitely a dope environment, great team, and it was a really good experience. That's definitely an interesting part that we've heard on this podcast. And in general, when you talk about overseas guys, as everybody's journey is different Absolutely. and the way that they get there is different for everybody, whether it's D1, D2, D3, NAIA, there's plenty of options and yeah. routes to make your dreams come true. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know guys across the basketball world that played 10 minutes, five minutes at D1 schools, high majors, mid-majors, and picked up a overseas contract pretty quick. I know guys that have, you know, went NAI, D3, and it took them a little longer. The biggest thing that I've came to realize is that agents and teams overseas especially in Europe since they can't obviously it's it's a it's a job you know what I'm saying so they it's a business they have to look at the resume first they're not they're looking to see where you went to play they want to see what kind of school you went to and then it's the numbers so if you're a D1 player you average 10 minutes a game five points you still probably have a better chance right. than over a guy who was killing at a D3 NAI etc Right, and if you're at those lower schools, you got to put up big numbers to even be on the radar. Exactly. You have to be an All-American, something like that, definitely. So you put up numbers here at Hardin-Simmons and got the opportunity to go to Mexico. Can you walk us through how that all happened and your experience down there? Yeah, so I graduated, uh, signed with an agent in May. was talking to a few teams, but... You know, I wasn't necessarily getting the attention that some of my um, other basketball friends were getting that obviously played at a higher level of NCAA. I signed to this team, Peregrinos de Bariguato, in <laughs> Sinaloa, Mexico. I see your, uh, <laughs> your, your Spanish improved a little bit down Man, there. Google Translate saved my life down there for real. But, uh, We've talked about the language barrier that guys have had to deal with and even the food and just the loneliness and everything that comes with it, people don't think about when they want to go overseas. Yeah, um, I feel like there's just it's been romanticized playing overseas. Like this thing is some – like they're going to just be at your beckoning call foot in hand. Oh, what do you need? Do you need this, this? No, you are – you're an employee. You, you're not even a. You're an American, but you're their type of employee. Like this, this stuff is rough and hard. And I quickly noticed that dudes were dropping like flies. Um, one of my American teammates that was there, shoot, for maybe two weeks. You know, flew back home because it, it wasn't for him. So right, the the turnover rate <laughs> for overseas players is very high. Right, they expect you to come and be a man and get your business handled and if you can't do it they'll send you right back and get somebody else that will exactly yeah so yeah i mean i got there <laughs> the temperature was crazy it's super humid in mexico different lifestyle different foods um very different culture that i was obviously not used to but you know i feel like i adapted pretty well um and on the court i've been doing my thing so can you walk us through like a day in the life 
we've gone through this with Kurt and Trey so far, yeah. and everybody's experience is different, like we've said. So, what was your day in the life in Mexico like? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't pretty. Um, woke up eight nine o'clock. Made sure I was stayed hydrated because it was just so humid there. You lost body fluids like crazy. And um, Trey talked about this. The first second day he was there, he immediately went to work, and they were doing stuff with him. You had a game like. How how soon was it? Um, I flew in on a Saturday night. Got there at eleven. Had a game Monday morning. So we had we had the team practice, uh, meeting the other players, things like that on Sunday, and then had three games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wow. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was right to it. So back to the day in the life. Day in the life. Wake up eight nine o'clock. Stretch. Drink a ton of water. In my situation, we didn't have our own personal transportation, so me and the other American were pretty much stuck in our apartment wow. for most of the day. So there was a lot of Netflix, a lot of stretching, Trying a lot to of stay sane. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of uh, karaoke, 2K, you know, things like that. Um, and you have other hobbies. I think that's one thing that we've noticed with people on the podcast and people that have been successful overseas and even professionally in America is like. You got to have other stuff that you can kind of escape the game from with and things that you kind of have to keep yourself sane. And you have a, a rap career going as well. <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, you definitely cannot go play overseas just being a basketball player because you, regardless of what you think, will get burnt out and go crazy. You need to have some sort An of outlet. outlet. Exactly. It doesn't matter what it is. It just needs to be something to get your mind off the game, off the situation you're in, whatever. You definitely need something. How was it for you from a mental health perspective, you know, being able to communicate? And you were lucky enough to have an American roommate and have people there with you, but some guys aren't that lucky. So what was the communication like and the struggle just mentally getting through it all? Well, I mean, at first we didn't have Wi-Fi, and I didn't realize how much Wi-Fi meant to my life. Right. We didn't have it for the first two <laughs> weeks. So it was – Man, it was tough not being able to talk to your family back home or your friends. Like you, you don't know anybody in the country you're in. Uh, in. In my situation, transportation was minimal, so I was literally stuck in a room looking at four walls for a big part of the day until we got Wi-Fi. So, That's tough. yeah, I mean, you, it's a definitely a mental check to see if if you can handle this kind of We've stuff. We talked about that a lot too with the other guests. It's the little things like, oh, I didn't think about laundry before I got down there. That's difficult too. Yeah laundry there's no dryers there so Man. there's laundry mats uh, you but you didn't have the transportation to get to the yeah laundry i did mat. laundry i was there I, i've been there for mm, about six weeks uh did laundry twice Man. and we've we've had uh nine games in that period so <laughs> we were running on fumes Struggle. when it came to clothes and everything yeah let's talk basketball a little bit how would you say like that time in Mexico and the playing style and just professional basketball as a whole differs from your time in college. So in the league I was playing in in Mexico overall, it's it's a very almost European style. You are not taking the ball one on one like that. It's a lot of movement, a lot of a lot of chasing around guys. I felt like I was guarding Steph Curry most <laughs> of the time. Um, these Mexican guys could shoot the ball and they were coming off screens a lot. Um, but they really emphasized um, if you don't have a shot, pass 
screen cut everything so it was just a lot of movement movement uh, one thing i'm not used to was a uh, zone i thought going into the professional scene it would be a lot of man to man you know right so, uh, checking your guy but it was really team-based they want because of the running around they go to zone a lot and because of um the size difference between the national players and then the foreign players it's you know it makes sense for them to go zone so i wasn't used to that and then right the other big thing that was super hard to get over was the language barrier so even on the court on the court yeah you know it took it took a couple of weeks to come up with signals or or names just that we could all be on the same page because uh sometimes in a huddle i would not know a word that they were saying you know so and that yeah that's hard when you're playing a basketball game yeah for sure what advice would you give to you know college guys and everybody that's saying i want to go play overseas like we talk a lot about the journey and the grind and the process what would you tell those guys when it comes to what to expect and like the struggle that it actually is to play overseas basketball and professional basketball i just say do your research uh be informed on uh, the team like the whole thing uh the whole process finding an agent finding a team um, this is not going to be a cakewalk. Don't feel like, especially in this profession, don't feel like anything is going to be handed to you. Even when you get to that team, you could be, you could be cut, you could be chopped the first week, you know what I'm saying? So don't be afraid to ask guys that you know who have played overseas, uh, reach out to others who have, who have been through this, you know, cause those, those are the best guys to they go know to the struggle. Exactly. Yeah. So did you experience success during your time in Mexico? Yeah, it was pretty difficult, but um, once I got on the court, you know, basketball is a game I'm obviously very familiar with, so it was... Right, it's global. Yeah, it was... Um, I did really good, um, 17 points, four and a half, five rebounds a game, three assists, you know. Once you started get, I started getting in the groove with my team, it was easy. The hard, the hard part was things that I wasn't used to, the weird traveling hours, being with people I don't really know in a language that I don't really know um my team didn't have a trainer um so you know I had to make sure I had got ice and stretched out on my own and these right. may seem like little things but those are right. things that as a college basketball player you're so right so when, used when to you're playing overseas you are your accountability we talked to Trey about that yeah being at Ball State he had all the resources he needed exactly. but then making that transition it's a whole different level and a lot of guys it's not as nice as it was for them in college. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing that I it hit me really quick the first week I was there. You know, I asked, "Oh, do you guys have a trainer? Do you guys have a place where we can go? Nope, a good facility or something? Nope, nope. Uh, you know, try and take care of most of this stuff on your own. Be ready for the games this weekend. That was pretty much it. So it's tough. All right, before we let you go, we're gonna hit the speed round. Let's do it. Favorite food? Hamburger Helper. <laughs> of everything everything yeah you throw a hamburger helper in front of me i'm eating it celebrity crush zendaya what you're the oh you're my the god third, carrie washington you're the third guest that said zendaya who's your favorite player in the league uh he just retired Dwayne wade so who would you say you model your game after jr smith nick young oh no <laughs> Um, no, I like to watch D Wade too. I've been watching him since I was since I was a young bull. Favorite city in the world? Oh, man, I've been to a lot. I'll go with New York City. Best new podcast on the block? 
uh, heard that there's this new podcast called Hidden Gems. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that one's pretty good, too. Pretty dope. I've been listening to it, so. Yeah. Well, appreciate you coming on the pod, Jalen. Your insight was great to hear from, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, J-Lo. Check him out, J-Chef on iTunes. (laughs) Yeah, make sure to go get my album, Tropicana, you feel me? J-Chef, J-A-Y-C-H-E-F. Help your boy out. And while you're at that, make sure to check out Hidden Gems Podcast. There you go. Hidden Gems. Next episode on the Hidden Gems Podcast, we're joined by Booker Woodfox, a former All-American at Creighton University, former G League three-point champion, and current color commentator for the Texas Legends. Booker's going to walk us through his playing career, what he's doing now, and his insights into the world and game of basketball.